Welcome to episode 11 of 115 Miles. In today's episode, we look at COVID-19 and all the uncertainty that the current situation comes with. We then look at the Black Lives Matter movement and how we ensure that it is more than just black squares on a screen. Do remember, if you want to join the community, you can find us at Instagram at 115milespod. And if you're enjoying what you hear in these episodes, then please make sure you leave a review with a star rating on whichever app you use to listen to the podcast. This is 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kaya. Living exactly 115 miles apart, our lives could not have been more different growing up, yet we find ourselves today as really good friends with many similar outlooks and perspectives. Join us on our podcast as we take a topical dive into life, work, culture and everything in between. Hassan, you're fresh off of a day off for your, for your birthday. Yeah. How did your birthday celebrations go? How does it feel to be 50? What are you? 52. How old was it? 52. How does it feel? No, I'm 41. But thanks for <laughs> thanks for outing me. Um, no, it was lovely, mate. It was, you know, it's different this year, but that's same for everyone. So that's not, you know, it's not unusual. Unusual. Um, we're lucky we live, uh, we live in Brighton. So got out, went for a walk, mad, windy. What little hair I have on the top of my head was shaped into a mohawk with the wind. Uh, so that was quite funny. No, it, it was lovely. Just chilled out. It was good. Can we, can we talk about your hair for a minute? Do we have to? So the hairdressers are opening on the on the 4th of July, yeah. right? Which is, uh, we're recording this on Tuesday and 4th of July is on Saturday. So everywhere opens up again. Just talk us through your thinking um, in getting your hair all chopped off last week you had a week to go yeah, yeah. what where, where did your resilience go in terms of holding out until the fourth what, what's the matter you couldn't get an appointment booked for the fourth or the fifth or something i haven't even thought about uh going to the barbers it's not it's not a it's not a priority i'm i'm gonna prioritize health over haircut that's my new motto so, so uh, why did you get your hair cut then mate if it doesn't matter to you it doesn't matter. For, for, it the does, it doesn't... That, for the purpose of people that are listening, right? Hass has got what I call a, a reverse Grant Mitchell, <laughs> where he's gone bold on the sides and left hair on the top. It's not that bad now, actually. Uh, it's all I'm right. Joking, but day what... I'm exaggerating. Day... It looks all right, mate. It looks all right. Thanks. Well, you're trying to obviously position yourself as a messiah-like character. With yeah, the beard, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're looking for, just getting the look to match up with you're the, looking, the action. You're looking for the, uh, you know, the uh, typical unrealistic view of uh, being someone that's going to be the savior of everyone. Okay, good, good. Anyway, just, anyway, just, so the reason I decided, I just felt like having my hair cut. That's it. Yeah, it's right. Friday night. Who, what else is there to do hair, on a mate? Friday night these days? So yeah, exactly. Yeah, so Friday night, a few glasses of wine. You've asked your your wife to cut your hair. Yeah, so. Uh, and I'm not a very good passenger, right? So basically, I'm giving instructions. Thanks for bringing this up. Uh, I'm giving instructions. And then there's a video, there's a brilliant video online that tells you how to fade uh, properly. Um, and so I asked her to kind of watch the second half of that video. But in the, in, in the middle of that, while she's watching, I'd taken the guard off of the clippers. And what I felt before, um, when we started, was that she was just being a bit light touch. So I said to her, go on just like really commit to it commit to it and so 
she really did commit to it and like went three times she like shaved into the side <laughs> of my head but we both realized at the same time it was almost comedic timing that both the guards that we'd been using were still on the counter in front of us so yeah i had a grade zero that i had to deal with so that's why i had the it's, reverse grant mitchell look <laughs> it's grown back already though isn't it yeah a little bit yeah thanks good for, thanks for bringing it up all that good feeling yeah. i had after my birthday you've just deflated it Oh come on, mate! You look no, very, you look very good, mate. You look very, very good. Uh, so I just thought it was worth letting everybody know that we had a bit of a creative meeting last week about the 115 miles pod. Um, one of the things that we wanted to be able to do was be consistent with what we're delivering here. So from now on, as of tomorrow, this podcast will go out at 11 o'clock bi-weekly on the Wednesday, so everybody knows where we are and where to find us. Uh, and we've got some consistency in what we're doing. In the past, we've kind of tried to do it every week, but maybe miss one here and there. In the future, you'll always know where we're at, right? Yep. So it's worth pumping that out there. 11 a.m. every second Wednesday. 11 a.m. every second Wednesday. So, on to the podcast itself. It's been a couple of weeks since we spoke. What's been coming up for you, Has? What's happened in your world? Tell me something that you've struggled with in the last two weeks. Mm, I think... Um, what I've struggled with mainly over the last few days actually is, is there's a, there's a feeling of more of a feeling of uncertainty about what's coming around the corner. So Mm. obviously, you know, things are going to be opening up from uh, Saturday, as you said, they're calling it super Saturday, by the way, have you, have you seen this? I was like, Oh, what is there going to be like amazing football matches on? But no, super Saturday is like where everything unlocks and do, mayhem do you know ensues I, it really annoys me that we have to come up with is that so is that a social media world that we live in you know like brexit and then like if you're the covidiot is one of the things oh, that have come out I yeah if seen you're that one. like stupid about covid yeah. and then so now and then you know like with the olympics it was called super saturday wasn't it when mo won all the oh yeah olympics. but that was a reason for it to be super saturday you know like yeah. <laughs> that was a that was good yeah. but anyway that was it so and then obviously you're sort of seeing that the, you know, that wave one hasn't necessarily, you know, gone and, you know, you know, things are, things are really significantly going downhill in certain parts of the world. And so I think just the uncertainty is what's, is, is causing me probably a little bit of, uh, anxiety is probably too strong, but just it's, it's, I don't like the uncertainty. I'm somebody that likes, uh, you know, a, a level of certainty and it's, so it's been a, a funny year, right. For, for, for me in that sense. Um, and so I think just looking at the news, looking at, you know, some of the stuff that's, you know, in, in the papers, you, you, there's a sort of a sense that we don't know what's about around the corner. Um, mm. and I don't know if actually we've been living through that anyway, and this is just, uh, an extension of that but just something feels a little different in the last few days um so yeah. that's kind of it um that's the thing that's kind of been on my mind what about you i do think that uh, just on what you've said there lockdown when we had a period of lockdown right and i've been saying quite this quite a lot lockdown was very actually came with a sense of certainty right we are locked down under these rules until this date yeah yeah now, as we move into that, that, cert- un- that certainty has been taken away as we start to move into this unknown, right? One of the, I've been like you, right? I keep going up and down where sometimes I find myself almost like 
obsessively looking on social media and allowing myself to get frustrated with people. But there's a lot of like mudslinging. Obviously, everybody's frightened, right? There's this unknown. A lot of us are in our, a lot of people are in a triggered state and don't even realize it. And it seems like you can't have a balanced conversation about COVID-19. Like if you start trying to look at some of the more positive things, some of the positive facts in terms of deaths, in terms of, and of course, deaths are never positive, but you know what I'm saying. Um, you can then, you get you get grouped in the category of somebody who doesn't care about it and thinks it's nothing. You're a conspiracy theorist, right? Or you're just sort of terrified. of You've got to be in one camp. It's polarized like everything else. And I... I'm obsessive of anything that I do. And I've done like a bit of looking at the um, the statistics and stuff around COVID-19, right? And so this was true on the, the 10th of June. So we're a little bit, this is like two or three weeks ago, right? The spreadsheet that I was looking at was on the NHS website, right? Um, so I just I, let me ask you this, right? Uh, true on the 10th of June, which was like two or three weeks ago, okay? How many people do you think have died of COVID-19 between the age of 20 and 39? I don't know. With no pre-existing health condition. I'm not going to Just tell me the number. Uh, I, I, I the number know. true on the 10th of June was 32 people. Now... Between what ages? That's not... 20 and 39. Okay. Uh, I think the number between um, 40 and six, uh, 59 was 200 and something. Mm-hmm. This is with no pre-existing health condition. Mm -hmm. And the overall number was something like, at the time, 1,200. Now, this is people that have died in hospital because this was on the NHS website. Now, of course, those figures were of the... There was over 25,000 people that had died from this, right? The point I'm making about that is, if you look at the media, just look at the media... You're like I am between those ages of twenty to thirty-nine, right? Uh, with no pre-existing health condition, I'm not really at risk of this harming, of this killing me, mm-hmm. right? No more than I'm at risk of getting killed by a drunk driver, for example, mm-hmm. right? I'm actually more at risk overall of being hit by a drunk driver statistically than I am of dying of COVID. Now. The, 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 the thing about that is, is that if you don't start digging and looking at the statistics like that, the media are making you feel like everybody's at like a real risk of dying from this. Now, when I say that, I have to then caveat that by saying that doesn't mean that we're not in a serious predicament, right? And we're not in a situation where we need to be vigilant because I can carry it and I can pass it to my in-laws, for example, who are in that vulnerable category, Right. The balanced conversation around it doesn't seem to be able to to be had, right? You've got to either polarise it. It's either like, am I making sense? You do make sense, but I don't think there's anything, there's nothing, like you could take COVID out and put Black Lives Matter in. You could take Black Lives Matter out and you could put uh, uh, equality in, or you could take that out and you could say... uh, uh, you know, uh, talk, uh, right wing versus left wing, you know, Brexit or not, there's always going to be, if you're looking at the media or, or social media as a place to have balanced yeah. debate, then I'm surprised 
that you're looking at that you know it's it's it, there's nothing different about it and there's nothing different about the way that the media reports these things but i think um it's it, it is a truth that if you just look at it from if you look at, it, at purely at the data then that's a relatively small thing it's the it's all the unknowns right it's all the unknowns mm. that i think people are worried about so it's a it, it is um the unknowns about you know the strains and it's unknowns about whether it's a short-term thing or whether it lingers and and then i think there is the biggest part of it was um was protecting the vulnerable and that's why mm. so much of you know the stuff happened around shutting the country down and i just i think uh we just we just don't know really um but looking at I those think, numbers i do think i do think sorry but looking at those numbers you know that is quite an interesting uh, and that was that's not conspiracy that's off the NHS website now that spreadsheet that I was looking at at that time has been taken down off the off the NHS website but it was on the NHS website okay. and I read a story today that um, excuse me that uh, the week ending the 19th of June which was just the week before last um, the overall death toll in England and Wales was below the the five year average so less people in that week died overall in England and Wales than would not, you know, than would die in the average of the last five years. And again, that's not to um, suggest that we need, you know, that we need to stop worrying about it, but it's just, it's just something that you're not sort of fed within the media. And of course, social media is not the place to kind of have those uh, balanced debate of which you're talking about. But I do... <laughs> Like on a slightly light-hearted note, something I proper refuse to do is add on the end of everything that I do by like caveating it with saying that I was socially distanced. Yeah, you know, like people go, "Oh, I went uh, to see my mate at the park the other day." Uh, socially distanced, and I think you don't have to. Like you're an adult, I trust you to do whatever, and I I just refuse to say socially distanced on the end of it. I, I was doing a group thing online the other the other week and somebody uh, sneezed, right? She quite clearly had bad hay fever. But e after every sneeze, it was like, that's hay fever, right? That's it. And I was like, don't worry. It's like, there's so much stigma now around sneezing and coughing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, well, I was just, oh, I, I, no, I was, I was like, I had a joke with some mates about that because it, you do, you, you just need to let everyone know and it's funny because even I can feel myself doing it sometimes, but it's people I'm less familiar with. Right. So if I'm because you just don't know how people's judgment and actually it, maybe you shouldn't care. Right. And maybe you should just go. Well, I met some friends and they'll be like, oh, did you did you follow the rules? And then you might say, well, of course I did. You know, yeah. um, so, so I think that's fair enough. But I was, I was thinking, you know, when when uh, restaurants start opening up, no one wants to be that person that um, that sneezes, you know, like, yeah. Um, I saw, I, I saw this um, uh, uh, meme uh, a little while ago, right at the beginning. I think it was something like, um, "I used I used to cough to hide a fart. Now I fart to hide a cough." <laughs> <laughs> it is true. It is true. What do you on the restaurant thing? Yeah. Are you uh, Are you keen to get into a restaurant? Where are you at with that? When because they, they're going to open on 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 Saturday. Saturday will be like New Year's Eve, wouldn't it? Just I, a nightmare. I don't. Like, I, I don't think so. I, honestly, I don't think so. It's a bit like um, the shops. Everyone was probably thinking they were going to be overrun, and they're not. Um, I don't know. Uh, I I'll wait and see how it goes. You know, I'll wait and see. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, I'm sure. You know, over time, that I don't think I'll be rushing to it on Saturday. But I'm, you know, I'm 
I am looking forward not to... not going to get out on it. Whoa, lads, lads, lads. <laughs> no, I'll, no? I'll, save, I'll save that for um, Sunday night. That's when I usually... I don't, <laughs> I don't know how it's going to go down, mate. Like, uh, like it, restaurants is one thing that's slightly different, yeah? There's sort of always... There's always some sort of regulation. I've just been looking at some of the, like, the guidelines and stuff like that, and I think some of the pubs that I drink in, mate, when they open, they'll go back to being what they were before. Maybe I'm a bit naive to think that, because I, I remember when the smoking ban came in, I was like you'll never stop smoking in here. It just won't happen. And it did. It happened overnight. Mm. So so maybe I'm being, uh, maybe I'm being a little bit naive and not giving people enough uh, I mean, credi- there's like, I mean, there's loads of establishments that just can't enforce, you might, you'd end up having like two people in your establishment because they're just so small, right? So little restaurants yeah. and stuff like that. So be interesting to see how they all... I, s- I saw one that. Um, thing that was, apparently it was a, like a raw thing piece of paper that was on the wall for rules in a particular restaurant mm. and one of the rules was um please remain seated unless you're using the loo well can you like can you imagine that in a in a pub it's not like in a restaurant but like oh, and it, so that's pub. gonna be you, you you know like uh like we've just said you have to stay socially distanced of course <laughs> yeah. When you go to the toilet, you're going to have to be going... Just going to the loo. I'm just going for a wee. I'm just... I'm not... I'm going for a wee. Going for a wee. (laughs) Oh, man. But I think it'd be good to have clear guidelines because that brings me on to something that I kind of want to talk about actually a little bit. So, by the way, I found that really uncomfortable to put across what was some really positive things about COVID, right? The the fact that last week was a really low death. I could feel myself when I was saying it like, oh, my God, people are going to not like this well it's not that I don't think they don't like it it's I think you know that it's only one data point that you've got and there's always going to be another way to look at data and a, a data point yeah I, I, and, I guess so and, yeah. and I think unless you've got it right in front of you you're probably thinking um you start questioning you know you start questioning it but I think mm. it's it's important to look at you know look at all of the, the full, facts just and the, the data r- the yeah. full range of it and always question stuff yeah. right rather than going with a general narrative which which comes on to to to, to what I wanted to talk about more in terms of, you know, COVID and everything that we've faced, uh, without, if we can, which will be difficult, uh, without getting political, without getting too political. That's rich coming from you. <laughs> I'm telling myself All right. that. Yeah. Uh, Warning yourself. Without getting, without getting too political and let's try and look at this from, uh, with as little amount of our own political bias as we can. Yeah. Right. As, as, as what's possible. From a leadership perspective, what do you, how do you think our leadership team, and let's call them a team, Boris and, and everyone with him, how do you think they've handled this? How do you think, you know, we, we, lockdown was March and we're nearly in July now. So over that period of time, how do you think you could, we can look back on that in terms of, of, of the leadership of, of the leaders of our country? Okay, Um I would say in the in the handling of public policy communication health safety health and safety of frontline workers um you know all of that stuff really badly mhm and I would say um disproportionate uh disproportionate kind of um, views on certain things, right? So, you know, uh, whether it might be, you know, how you do operate schooling and kids that go to school versus, you know, what businesses shut 
or stay open um what you know what liberties you give people to manage things themselves mm. versus what rules should be put in place i think there's also uh clearly you know it, it's never not an election year for political parties right so even though there might not be an election they're always quote unquote in an election and so there's a little bit of you know the one-upmanship or or, or trying to kind of show that they're doing a good thing. So that's all been hand, handled badly. I think the one thing that I think as a small business owner, um, I think Rishi Sunak's done a, you know, so far he's done a pretty good job, you know, like he was mm. clear, he was quick, he was decisive. Uh, he made some adjustments, uh, you know, f- after the kind of the first round of kind of furloughing and stuff like that, um, kind of, you know, um, p- putting in place the small business uh, bounce back loan and things like that uh, for, for businesses. Um, so I think that has been handled much better. So just to bring some balance, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, and I certainly agree with you on the on the on the furloughing scheme and stuff like that, and the way that that was handled. I do think that last week during the heat wave last week, I think really highlighted um, Boris Johnson's lack of leadership in terms of what he did. Um, and I, I believe the 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 leadership team as a whole in this have been very very good at being slightly vague which then kind of allows the blame to then be shifted to the people so that we don't look at our leaders and i think the the beach thing was a really good example of that what happened was the heat wave came everybody in the country was encouraged not just told they could they were encouraged to go to the beaches uh there was the the Brighton MP. Um, I don't know his name. Peter Carl. Uh, you do you know his name? Yeah. Well, you go, I live right? here, so yeah. I should. Good. good. I don't know my local MP. Oh, okay. Well, you should. <laughs> no, I probably should. Yeah. Uh, especially with how many political tirades. Yeah, I exactly. Um, I'm not very good with names. Um, he the, the 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 Brighton MP put it to to, to Boris a, a week or two before the heat wave, saying, "What do you propose we do about everybody coming to the beaches and?" I'm going to paraphrase what he says and quote one little remark, but he basically said, I think that you should grow some guts and invite people to Brighton. That is what And stimulate your economy. And stimulate your economy. And the the, the bit that can be put in quote marks is grow some guts. Mm. That's exactly what he said. Mm. So he was actively encouraging people to go to the beach. So the rules state you can go to the beach. Now, you know, let's just imagine you were part of the leadership team. And you're sat around the round table and he said, let's open it up and tell everyone then go to the beach. I'm sure one of you is going to put your hand up or they just shout at each other. They don't put their hands up, do they? Someone's going to go, surely when it gets hot, if you tell everyone they can go to the beach and they can't go on holiday this year, they're all going to go to the beach. Mm-hmm. Right? And then the conversation would be, well, we need to distinguish who should, who can and can't go to the beach because they're going to get overrun and they won't be able to social distance. Mm-hmm. And of course they didn't. They just said go to the beach. And then if... If they were surprised that the beaches then became full enough to a point where they can't socially distance, then they're incompetent on that front. But but what happens is, and what you see is, everybody starts having a go at each other. Yeah? Ah, there you go. Look, everyone on the beach, it's you. You're causing the second wave. Now, if you look at Spain, for example, I don't know if you've seen this, Spain have marked out all of their main tourist beaches with two metre squares. Hmm. If you can't find a square, you can't go on the beach. 
very simple, very simple solution, yeah. right? We're, we're doing all these solutions in the pubs and so that we can all go and have beer, right? Very simple solution on the, on the, on the beaches, right? If you want to open your beaches, if you want to welcome people, we need to put some things in place because when it gets hot, yeah? And yet, the, as leaders, they didn't do that. And I thought that epitomized what happened and how we allow each other to then start blaming one another. So if there's a second wave and Hancock comes out straight after it, it's like, you carry on like this, you're going to you're gonna cause a second wave and we'll have to put some restrictions in place. And you think, well, hang on a minute, eh? it's your job to do that from the start. And yet, so what would happen if, the, if there is a second wave now? Everyone's looking at each other mm. rather than at our leadership team, right? Who in, in that sense have lacked the, the skills well, um, to be able to lead. Well, it might, even, it might even be a little bit more significant than that, right? Because actually it's obvious that, that, that this was running away from the government, right? In that, in that or the leadership, uh, uh, you know, in terms of handling it, right? And mm. so... But now they have plausible deniability, which is well, you know, they they can argue the point. Actually, it, the spread has been magnified by the fact that people are going on. So it's not surprising to me that Hancock would come on and say that. So, um, you know, and I think it's fair to say one thing though: whoever's in government gets a gets a tough time of having to deal with this, right? So yeah, we just don't know whether Keir Starmer or Corbyn that preceded him would have done a better job right mm. you know so so I think it is important to bring balance in in that like of course they're going to get scrutinized and they haven't done a great job but there's no guarantee that the other side of the fence would have done a better job right which is which is which is why this what which is what you how you make this a non yeah political discussion yeah. because you we, we, you have to recognize that um you can't tell if anyone could have done better. But they so are in, isn't me. and that, and that, and that, they are in, and that's the job, and that's who gets, and that's who gets measured. Um, yeah, and they should be put to task for this. Very, which, uh, like, they should really be put to task for this. How? Um, and well, the, the 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 difficult questions should be being asked to them, and the pressure should be being put put on them. How? Um, pardon? How? I mean, I'm not. I'm just. I'm. I'm curious as to how does that happen. Well, it's difficult because they allow one question from the public, don't they? I think on every every sitting. I mean, like some of the the, the more difficult questions that I would want asked don't seem to ever get asked of them. So, mm. um, excuse me, the, the first time everyone went to the beaches was on the 1st of June, right? Which is nearly four weeks ago now. Three weeks after everybody was packed on the beaches on the 1st of June, bank holiday, and everyone was saying, the second wave is coming, you guys have ruined it all for us. But three weeks after that was the lowest recording of deaths um, since we went into lockdown in March. So I would want to be questioning, like, we're being told about social distancing and all that kind of stuff. Why are we not seeing the rise in it? Now, that's the kind of conversations that one I'd want to hear. And then two, I would want somebody to be putting it to the government. Yeah. Of why haven't you put things in place? Why haven't you put stuff in place? So that happens obviously at P's and the, the P's and Q's, right? That, that That's why you have opposition parties so that um, they can go in and grill them and make sure that they are fully grilled. 
he's gone in there last week and challenged him to do press ups, didn't he? Have you seen I that headline? Yeah, I saw something about yeah. it. But. but 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 that's one of the ways that it should be done, right? And one of the things that's kind of I've seen a rise of is the whole we talked about this once, the whole be kind thing. Mm. Where like I've seen a lot of people like saying, Oh, you know, they're under a lot of pressure. Ease off of them. But but that's the job, that's the role. When you're leading the country, it comes with that pressure. And so you need the skills to be able to sort of navigate that. I mean, when you um when you put yourselves as the people that believe they're they're fit enough to run a country, then you know, it isn't just in good times. You've got to lead the country through through times of crisis. Um mm. You know, I think it's it's important to say that it is it is not as simple as looking at people going on the beach on the first of June and then going, oh, why why are the numbers the lowest? Because you know, it, it's hard. You can't just necessarily track it so simplistically. I think there's just no. there's a there's a there's so much level of inconsistency in the tracking and tracing and testing, and that's part of the problem as well, right? But I think um, that there is something around. Uh, saying you can go on a beach and then for them to come and say, well, hang, hang on, you're doing it. What what do people accept? Because you can't travel and people need to kind of, uh, as in abroad and go on holiday. So people are going to be doing that. And if the rules don't state they can't, then they won't. I, I'm pretty sure that if, you know, uh, if rules were put in place, like, like you have in Spain, that on the most part, people would oblige and they would f- follow it, as we did at the beginning of lockdown and all that sort of yeah. stuff, right? Um, yeah. So I think uh, I think there's definitely something to be said around how that's been managed um, and what the reasons behind it are, you know, so. Yeah. And that's why I would want that further explanation. So the the thing with the first beach going on the first and then three weeks later, the lowest being recorded, I actually had a really sensible conversation with a few people online about it. And a lot of people said, because we've been in lockdown, a lot of people weren't carrying it. So that initial first, everyone coming together, particularly outside, would, would be less likely to cause a spike. And then also the um, figures were on a Monday and Monday always tends to be lower because they haven't got all the figures from the weekend. So there was lots of reasoning for it. But I just feel like they should do better at walking people through that reasoning so that we can understand it and do it in a bit more of a balanced way. And then, you know, like you say, good leadership knows where boundaries are needed. And this, you know, if you put the boundaries in and then people break them, then you're like, why are you breaking rules? That's stupid, right? Mm. Whereas at the moment we're going, why are you going to the beach? Mm. And people are like, because I was told I'm allowed to go to the beach. Yeah, but you shouldn't, have, you, you still shouldn't have gone. You know it's bad. It's like, yeah, but they told me I was allowed to go. Like they said, you're allowed to go to the beach. So then who just, dis- like, it's obvious who decides who should and shouldn't go to the beach, right? Mm. So you can't just tell everyone you can, but don't, right? That's, that that's for me almost almost could be regarded as 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 you know doing it on purpose being naive on purpose to allow it to happen because it was it was also very coincidental that straight after the heat wave they announced oh by the way you can you can go abroad hmm. once everyone had gone out and done their mingling in the sun hmm. right now now we'll announce that you can actually go abroad hmm. would you go, would you go abroad by the way um I don't. Yeah, if if it was allowed, and if we really felt the need or the want or the desire to, then yes. At the moment, I think we're just waiting and seeing what happens. And I think a lot of countries make you 
quarantine for a period. So it's just whether yeah. that's even possible. There's a few that have opened, right? Spain. Uh, Greece. One of Greece have just said they've extended two more weeks. They won't let people from the UK. Oh, in. right. Okay. Yeah. So that I think the 15th of July, they're going to review it. Greece are. Yeah. But I think Spain are, Spain are letting, letting people in from the UK. Spain, uh, Greece, France. You're not in France. I'm all right for the minute, to be honest. I saw, I think we've all mentally decided that we're not going and, you know, do some camping and, yeah. and yeah, stuff I like feel that. Yeah, a bit like that. We're hoping to go in October if things are good. Yeah, I know I know people that have booked and, and, and are kind of quite optimistic. So I think you've got to live, for, for some people, you've got to live towards something, you know, and for, for you know, to be able to look forward to something it's, like that is... It's hurt us a lot as a family, genuinely. Not going away. Really, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Especially because, you know, the the Maya, who's nearly four, knows that we were supposed to be going on holiday and all she knows is that we're not now. And she doesn't really understand why. And every now and then she says, when are we going on holiday? And you have to go, well, we're not going to be going for a while yet. Is that what I mean? It's horrible. Mm. Every time I see, like, a holiday place on telly, I just, like... I mean... I'm just going to pull it out here because I know you didn't mean hurt, right? But like, it, like it, it, in the scheme of things, it's like it's something that you know we have to live with. But yeah, I think you know, I think the way I've looked at it is, um, of course, I enjoy going away, and that's but actually just to be able to keep things going and working, and you know, like there's just a lot of stuff that people have had to deal with, and it's not to say that that it's all relative right like the impact on this yeah. is all relative but i think understanding that for some people it, it's not even a choice right it, you know it's like you know it's, it's just figuring out how to survive i think it's important to kind of no of course that. but 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 it is relative yeah. and i do think that we exist in our own existence and so i don't like to sort to sort of tell anyone that any kind of emotional pain or struggle is invalid just because somebody has it worse somebody like there's always people that have it worse yeah and within my fam like within my family that's been hard it's, it's been horrible that's a good point actually it does and i think look, listen yeah. of course i can go you know yeah. everyone has it worse yeah. but you know you could say that for every single struggle Definitely. that you have yeah and we yeah. we talked so didn't we we talked world. about the lockdown for a millionaire versus somebody that lives in a in a in a block of flats like exactly it's, yeah. it's still tough for them uh, you know uh in their own way right but like i think yeah, yeah it's just it's again it's one of those things when people hear it and you go oh well you know if if all you have to deal with is not going on holiday you should see it from my place and actually you're not saying that you're saying i do but actually in this moment this is what i'm saying as kind of a yeah, i do see it from your point yeah. of view and in my point of view this is how it is yeah. isn't it so that's a really you know, good that, point. i think that's really important and I think it's 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 an important part of something that in the work that I do because what you find is that anyone that's ex- changing the subject ever so well quite drastically but anyone that's experienced any trauma what they'll always do is like they would have grown up being told I don't know like if you had an alcoholic parent you would often have been told by the other parent you know at least you've got a parent right some people don't have a parent at all mm-hmm. and actually that's completely irrelevant um you know, there's always somebody worse off than you and your your feelings and your struggles are still valid. And I think it's it's quietened a little bit, but particularly at the beginning of the lockdown, when this first happened, you weren't allowed to struggle. You weren't allowed to have any difficult emotion because it was like, people are dying. It's like, yeah, I know, but I'm pretty gutted about 
the fact that I might lose my dream job. Yeah, but people are dying. It's like, yeah, but losing your dream job is still going to hurt, right? So I think it's important to know that that, that you can have mixed and contradiction emotions on, on anything. I, you know? I think that's really, it's a really important point, you know, because actually even, even as part of the, uh, the nuancing of conversations when people say, how are you doing? And I always go, oh, you know, all things considering, I'm doing yeah. all right. You know, I'm lucky because I've got X, Y, and Z. And, and you do, right? You sort of, you, you, you invalidate some of your own feelings because you don't want to make it look like you're not empath- uh, like empathetic or compassionate to, to, yeah. to the other people. Yeah, when actually the, the, the two can absolutely co- coexist. Yeah. You can be completely compassionate and empathetic for the struggle that a lot of people are going through and recognise that in your life, like like for me, in my life, not going on holiday, it's, it's been horrible, yeah. you know? If we lose somebody in our family tomorrow, the not going on holiday will all of a sudden pale to insignificance. Mm. But, 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 it, but, but in that case, it is, it, all, it is all relative. I do think what's interesting is that the amount of podcast recording that we've done, remember when we first ever started... It's like we need to make try and find other things to talk about other than COVID. Mm. And we find ourselves here. This is the first time we've talked about it for weeks, mm. I think, in certainly in any depth. Mm. So it's interesting that and I guess that's because, like you say, we're moving into that um that unknown period, you know? I think another part of it is because the last few weeks have been almost exclusively flo- focused on Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. actually I'm 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 really struggling with how it is uh become really easy and normal you know for companies just to go back to doing what they were doing yeah 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 yeah. i've seen a couple of like um companies doing a little like lunch and learn here um and, and before you know it it'll be it'll be gone mate it'll be part of history and nobody will be talking about well it that's yet. the thing and you know so something that's really on my mind is 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 how do you keep it how do you how do you hold those ones that made big bold statements three weeks ago two weeks ago right big bold statements you know blackout images uh it's not good enough time has to change now i appreciate that not not everyone's always going to be publicly declaring all the work that they're doing and i imagine there's a lot of work going on but i just uh, you know and actually social media is just a kind of a kind of it's a moment of uh kind of conversation and then but it's just moved yeah. so quickly it's moved yeah. uh, uh back to like selling stuff and uh you know and comedy stuff and you know people do have to get on with their lives but there are you know the whole point is that you know there are lots of people that can't you know that is this is their life so you you yeah. can't just be a supporter and an ally for two weeks and then and then go away and I even look at myself you know and like what I look at myself and go what more should I could I be doing and I know there's more mm. and so it's just constantly like reminding yourself that this is deeper than just you know making these bold statements news for the week yeah, yeah. it's got to be it's got to be it's got to keep going but 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 I know like listen if you if you social me if, if as a company you did a big social media post about it then I absolutely think that people should be expecting um, you to do a big social media post about the stuff that you're going to be doing to change and whether it's in six weeks times or six months time right yeah and I think people should be calling them companies out on your LinkedIn right. I mean, I think people would do really well to trawl back through some of that. I can think of a couple of companies that made big bold statements. 
six months' time, just be sharing them. Yeah. The problem you have is um, there'll be a lot of, say you did it or I did it in six months' time, it'd be like, oh, that's harsh. Why are you doing that? And it's like, well, if they're doing something about it, then they won't mind me calling them out because what I'll be doing is creating a platform for them to be able to share what they've done. Mm. Um, there'll be, they'll, you know, it, there's a, I've forgotten his name. You're gonna have to forgive me for forgetting his name, but he's, uh, uh, he, he does a lot on talk sport. Oh, fucking hell, I can't remember his name. I don't know if you heard this interview. He did an interview on talk sport. He's a, he's a, he's a black guy and I can't remember for the life of me his name, but he's a talk sport. He works on talk sport and he, was on being interviewed on there and he called talk sport out and he called all the he called everyone out and he was like this company should be doing it and he's like talk sport for a start where's the black people on our production team i'm the only black presenter officially that works for talk sport in the last 10 years or something like that right mm -hmm. um and i saw a few comments that were made about him being this angry man right and all of that kind of stuff and it and it comes back to the uh the dizzy rascal interview you see the Dizzy Rascal yep. interview with Tim Westwood? Yep. Yeah. And Rascal, Dizzy Rascal says to Westwood, isn't it? You're making me out to be the angry black man. And it was interesting because... Piers Morgan, you mean? What did I say? Westwood. Oh, yeah. Westwood's in the news for a whole other yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, but uh, yeah, Piers Morgan, yeah. And he said to Piers Morgan... And, and Piers Morgan did do it, didn't he? Like, T Dizzy Rascal just kind of calmly said, I'm not... I'm not, I'm not responding to this. I'm not here to talk about this. Don't talk over me. And he was like, you're, Piers Morgan was like, you've got angry and defensive. And it was like, see, that's that stuff that we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the reason I've brought that up is because it kind of uh, encompasses the problem that you're going to have in six months time. If, if particularly black people start calling out these companies and say, what are you doing? People will go towards that thing of saying, you're an, you're just an angry person. Why are you being okay. like this? Why are you making yeah. things? So, so it can't just be, it can't be black people calling them out, right? And it's got to be, exactly. it's got to be, it's got to be you, it's got to be me, it's got to be other people. And actually, you know, what if we made a declaration that we, that we said, you know, that we are going to come look, looking for the companies or we're going to highlight the companies that said they're going to do something and can, and we're going to ask them to publicly, you know, uh, communicate what they've been doing you know and um because a, a, a lot of what i'm hearing is just more of what was going on before so more mm. training around inclusion and justice and that's good and that's important but actually the the key thing is around driving you know structural change and um and i i don't mind that not everyone has the answers right and uh, and part of that is the journey of learning there are um there were clearly there were companies that felt they had to respond and felt they had to say something, and actually, even in that moment, they could have said, "You know what? We've done it all wrong. Let's let's kind of really shift who we are." And I've seen quite a few companies that have done it positive, that have done done it well. Um, but you know that there are lots of companies that have just gone back to figuring out how they're going to sell stuff, or or you know, and and they're not really thinking mm. about this as a priority. So, uh, I think that's important that we do continue to use you know our platform here our kind of social platforms our influence to keep the conversation alive because that's what we signed up to you know that's what we said mm -hmm. we would do and uh, i think that's really important yeah that's it then we'll start calling them out yeah but i, I also think like let's 
let's say we're going to do it. So that so that yeah. if they do in six months' time say, hang on, that's a bit harsh, we'll say, well, no, we said we were going to do it. Well, no, but you, I mean, the ones that you'd call out is the ones that have, 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 have actively participated in posting on social media we must do better we must do more yeah so it ain't harsh to call them out that's you know what i mean that's like if you i don't know if you said you were going to give me something and then went back on your word mm. i'd expect i'd expect to, to, to be called out for that so i can think of a couple i mean i <laughs> think of a couple that made public declarations right. that uh who are they I see that I I can't remember what they did, but I see that Lego have done like they've committed a hell of a lot of money uh, to making creating change. So Lego would be Lego would be a good one. Although I think they're already actively doing it. You know, go on, you give me one. Um, I mean, I was thinking like you know, uh, like bigger companies. You know, like um, uh, you know Nike um, who put out this this ad uh, at the time. I want to see you know what how they're going to shift um, in their policy and their structure. Um, you know, L'Oreal was another one, you know, who, uh, very, you know, a very specific kind of history in, in their organization. Um, so yeah, no, I'd like to, I'd like to see, uh, uh, also, you know, you know, um, I, I you know, there's, that there, I'm not virtuous. I've, 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 I made a public declaration myself, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so I, some, somebody, you need to hold me to account to the things that I said, right? So I'm going to yeah. bring people together. I'm going to drive change. I'm going to speak often about it. I'm going to, you know, so that, so that's what needs to happen as well. So it's, I, we can't just point as, you know, we will do that, but we also make sure we do, you know, we said we will. Well, if we're doing that, then you, you, you'll hold yourself accountable exactly. for doing something your own, yourself as well. Yeah. For, for, for doing actions yourself. Yeah. But I think we should definitely, uh, we should definitely call them out, you know, uh, and uh, uh, and 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 hopefully that you know, they'll validate you know what they said that they were doing. Are we are we at the reasons to be cheerful? Yeah, I think we are. Do you want to go first? Yes, I do. Well, good. It's not going to be good. a surprise for you. Oh, I, I know you're not going to appreciate I would, it. I wouldn't have let you go first. <laughs> go on. My reason to be cheerful. I'll take my headphones out. <laughs> Liverpool Football Club champions. Yeah. Of England, football champions after thirty years. Mm. Um, it's a good feeling. But listen, not just I know I know you you really don't like Liverpool fans, but I have to say that this has been a um, a, a, a lifelong uh, a lifelong kind of not lifelong because obviously I was alive when they last did it. But actually, you know, since I've really been uh, into football and supporting Liverpool, this has been coming so close. But it's not just about what they've achieved, it's how they've done it. And I think that's really important for me. And what I mean by that is um, Jurgen Klopp, uh, you know, as a, as a manager, somebody that I'm, you know, not just as a, as, a, as a football manager, but just as somebody that kind of exemplifies what I think leadership is all about. Um, being connected enough to your team, but actually still having enough of a distance to be the leader. Um, and what he's kind of built in terms of the camaraderie of the group and uh, commitment to each other and, you know, and the, the philosophy around the team versus, you know, individuals. No one individual is bigger than the whole team. So that's my reason to be cheerful. <laughs> You're going to congratulate me on air. No, I'm not. No, I, I, I'll agree with you about Jurgen Klopp. I think he's a great leader. Um, 
Uh, I'm glad Liverpool have won the league in these circumstances. I'll leave it at that. Um, I can't believe you can't be more magnanimous than that. What, about Liverpool? Yeah. No, I can't be, no. I don't, I'm just, I don't think it's very good. I, I don't care that you've won the league. Um, <laughs> you don't come across as a good person now. Uh, well, I'm not when it comes to football. Um, <laughs> my reasons to be cheerful is like... Liverpool Football Club. <laughs> sort of double, double pronged. I'm a massive boxing fan and boxing's coming back on August the 8th. Uh, with a pay-per-view event at the end of August with one of my, I'm Dillian White, who I'm a big fan of. Um, but the the this kind of bigger picture in it is Eddie Hearn. Now, I probably I know you probably know who Eddie Hearn is, do you? Yeah. Eddie Hearn is the Matchroom Sky Sports Matchroom boxing promoter. Yeah. And uh, I watched I watched I'm obsessive about watching boxing and boxing interviews, and I watched an interview with him, and they're doing this. He's calling it. Um, I can't remember what he's calling it, but basically, it's in his back garden. He's doing. He's doing the thing. He's putting the ring on with London's in the background. You can see it from his from his back fight camp. He's calling it. Uh, you can see it from his back garden, and he's putting on these fights. And I watched an interview with him recently. And as a businessman, as somebody like leading the way as a as a as a boxing promoter, he's just different. He's different dollars in terms of. He's been working hard to get all this done. They've other combat sports from MMA to boxing in America. They've tried putting on events and they just put on the same event, but with no crowd in there. Whereas he's gone out of the box and really like going to produce a product that's still very watchable, but in a different way. And whenever you see him interviewed properly, generally like long 45, 50 minute interviews, he's absolutely brilliant in it in his way of like being able to adapt and look at life in the way that he does. Um, so um, my reason to be cheerful is Eddie Hearn. Wow. <laughs> You've... That's it, mate. That's okay. all I've got for you. Okay. Better all than right. Liverpool one anyway. Uh, I don't know. But, uh, uh, you know, if that's making you happy this week, then uh, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Good man. Until next time, which will be two weeks from when this drops on Wednesday at 11am, the future of 115 miles pod. Has it's been good to chat, my friend. You too, mate. Thanks again for listening to 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kyle.